Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is Alan. And I'm Josh. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Grant. Okay, Grant's back with yeah. us this week. I'll just let you introduce yourself. It's, it's time of year in his keep. Yeah. We're tired of him freeloading. He's got to do some stuff. He just comes in here. No. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we were supposed to talk about the gift of faith last week. Grant was studying and he was ready, and then we just didn't talk about it at all. We talked about wisdom. So this week, Lord willing, we're going to talk about the spiritual gift of faith. Um, But, man, I I can't help but say something. Um, For those of you that were at the chapel today, um, today is, what, the 2nd of May? and our pastor brought a shovel this morning and went through some great biblical texts about uh, sexuality and sexual immorality and the way that God views it. And he brought a lot of statistics. And I mean, just in a sense, it wasn't him, but God's word pulled us to the table this morning. Um, the Holy Spirit was so strong and so present. And um, I, I think... You can't help, and this is my encouragement, and I'm sure we'll talk about this for a second. We've got to be honest before God. I mean, that's just plain and simple. That That's what I, I took from this morning, because when you look at issues in our life, especially things that we struggle with, if a man says that he has no sin, he's a liar, and the truth is not in him. And when we look at First John 1 and 9, and it talks about confessing our sins, that's being honest. And I, I mean, I, I've been in the process of being honest with God for a few years now, because before, you know, I wasn't discipled really by anybody. Like I didn't have a knowledge of discipleship or all these biblical terms of repentance and all these things. But once I learned these things and man, the Holy Spirit of God just revealed these things to me in scripture. It's something that I've just been practicing consistently because I don't know about you three, but when you read the Bible and it talks about, and I'm looking out this window, when you, when you talk about a God who's above the clouds, above the stars, uh, above the galaxies, and he's at the right hand, right? He's sitting on his throne, and not only does he look down on us and know where we are at this moment, but he also sent a Holy Spirit that's present everywhere at all times. And you learn how God can search the minds and perceive the thoughts, and he knows where we are when we try to hide. And you look at all the, I mean, like you went the Ezekiel this morning, right? The men were hiding in a back room. Yeah. And you look at an almighty God. I don't know about you all, but I think one of the biggest learning lessons I've learned from the Lord and from the Word is just being honest before God. It's valuable. I mean, literally, you know, when Adam and Eve, I mean, he told him, he's like, what'd you do? What is this? You know, why are you hiding? And they tell him, they're like, we did, we disobeyed you. And then I just kind of look at when John is talking about confessing and being honest before God. I think this, I think a lot of the Pharisees were so blind because they were not willing to be honest. That's it. That's it. And uh, again, we're, I'll ref- refer back to a message that Pastor Ronnie Blair preached one time. And uh, it was a statement that he made in that message that said the church as a whole universally has lost its power. And the reason it's lost its power is because the church has lost its vision on holy living. And if you want to gain the power back with God that the church is known for, stop sinning. And naturally, when when we look at that statement, we know that we will never live a imperfection a, a perfect but don't, sinless life but the problem is now as a as a as a universal uh, body we've lost a reflection and a respect 
for what sin does to the Christian, what sin does yeah. to the church, what God's view of sin was. And there's no reverence and there's no fear there. And there's a lax uh, attitude about living with it and accepting it. And But you want to talk about feeling dirty. You want to talk about being remorseful for your sin. Talk about that secret stuff yeah. that you think you've got hid and nobody else knows about. God knows about it. And then it. he convicts you of it. God breaks your heart of it. He knows all about it. You're not yeah. fooling him. Yeah. That awareness yeah. of your lowliness, your dirtiness, your undoneness, your your uh, insufficientness, all those adjectives that are not in my vocabulary that I can't <laughs> pull out right now, make me understand that without him, I am nothing. Absolutely. Me and, too. And that... And that uh, Honesty, yep. That uh, just plain raw dependence on God, and it's irreplaceable. It's valuable. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's the bad, bad thing about it, or it's not bad. I mean, that's the thing that when we come to it, it's actually a refreshing thing when we understand who we are yeah. and who we truly are. Yeah. And I mean, and that's what I was telling Hunter before we got started. The thing about it is, is the message this morning was on sexual immorality and impurities and a lot of that aspect of it. You don't talk about that but in the, church. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I that's told the him, problem. Yeah, but, that, that's, but the thing is, though, is that you know not all people struggle with that situation. But what, but what about what? It, yes, and that's what I told Hunter. I, me personally, on that topic, I never really struggled with. It just wasn't something that I struggled with. I had plenty of other faults yeah, though that, that I carried that people looked at it and like, how can he struggle with this? You know, why doesn't he just stop using this? Mm-hmm. But I couldn't because I was I had a sin problem. Yep. And even though the message was specific today, it's not. It's a sin problem. It's a sin problem. And the thing is, is that we get, you know, and I mean the inner beings of me, I know my heart. I know what keeps me separate from God. Yeah. And at times it's my pride. Yep. At yeah. times it's it, it, it's it's my anger. At times it's my hostility. You know, and that's what I was telling Hunter. I said sometimes you know there's people in my life that I might not have truly forgiven because of resentment that I'm holding against them. Yeah. yeah. You know, but if I'm gonna be honest, and that's what that message did to me this morning. It made me come up to the table to look at myself. And what are you? So you're not dealing with this issue. Yeah, but what are you dealing with? Yeah. What are you harboring in secrecy when nobody's watching? And this put, putting away this Superman mentality and and the the fallacy that uh, we're uh, somehow uh, elite. We're not. No, we're all uh, flesh, and we all make mistakes. And the fact that we if we come together in honesty, yes. and bond together uh, in in unity of the faith, that together we can be that light, be that representative that Christ wants us to be in this community. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it, it's like there's a book I'm reading right now where uh, a man's kind of sharing his testimony about his life. And, you know, he was talking about the sexual sins and things that he had to go through when he was a child and the things he had went through. And he talked about how when, you know, he reached an age of college or so that he was saved. I mean, he got saved at a church or revival or something like that. And he put his faith in Christ for the first time. But then he made this statement. He said, I traded masters, but I kept my problem. And I was like, whoa, now wait a second. 
that don't make sense because, you know, you're taught once you're saved, everything goes away and you're good to go and you're going to heaven and you've punched your ticket. I mean, literally, that's what we grew up. That's what I thought. I've been saved. I'm not going to struggle. I'm good to go. No one ever set me down and told me about how life was still going to be hard. They just told me that you've been saved, you're good to go, you're delivered completely free, and then all of a sudden I hit an age where I made a mistake, and I was like, now wait a second. No one can. No one told me about First John 1 and 9. No one talked to me about that stuff. And so when I was listening, reading this guy's testimony, what he was talking about was he had been saved. Christ dwelt within him. He was free, but he made a decision. He had some demons, some issues from some things that he had to endure when he was a child and some uh, choices. I mean, he talked about being engaged to two women before he got saved, right? And so he was talking about that he still had some things to, to talk about. But now he's a, he's a marriage counselor, and he's a men's counselor, and he's completely delivered. Does he still struggle? I'm sure, but he's free and he's delivered. But when he said that phrase of trading masters but still being stuck, I started thinking, how many people are truly Christians, but because they don't want to be honest about themselves and they don't want to be honest about their lives, they're stuck, right? Not saying that they're not saved. I'm saying they're just completely stuck in the moment. They're stuck in something. And when I, Alan was talking about sin and all those things, I started thinking of the message I heard uh, Dr. Charles Stanley preach one time, and I've never heard this phrase. He started talking about being sensitive to sin. Now, I've heard people talk about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that makes sense. But he started being, talking about being sensitive to sin, and I have notes about it because I, I wrote it down. And I was like, what in the world is he talking about? He started talking about how Christians have gotten to the point where they are not sensitive to the sins that are trying to lead them into temptation. Whether it's your TV, whether it's where you go, whether it's what you watch or what's on your phone. And I was just, I was amazed when he was talking about that because I was like, man, where in my life am I not being sensitive to sin? And that's why when I think of this term of just being honest before God of who we are, I think Alan hit it. We're not elite. Like, I don't have everything figured out. I think that's the thing is a lot of people view the church and they're like, here's these people and they have it all figured out and they cast judges on us and stones on us like we're perfect people. And then when someone messes up, now they want to talk about how we're hypocrites when at the whole time I'm sitting here saying, like, brother, like, I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. I'm a normal person, but the difference between me and a natural lost person is Christ dwells within me, and he is living within me, pointing me towards the direction to become more like him. Exactly. Now, Josh talked about it. Not everybody struggles with the same thing. That is true. I mean, I've talked to men who have been on drugs or alcohol, and they'll talk about this they were addicted to, but then they'll be like, well, but I didn't struggle with this. I didn't struggle with this. I didn't do with this. But they were addicted to one thing. Addiction's a strong thing. Not only does is addiction a choice you make, but it's something that once your body becomes so used to it that your your endorphins and your brain, the chemicals and all these things release and create this false persona of pleasure in the midst of addiction, whatever it may be. You are brainwashed to a certain way of living, a systematic way of viewing your addiction. And this is why I'm saying this. If you want freedom from that, you've got to be honest. Now, listen, I, I don't claim to be some beacon of light or some perfect man that everybody... But I will say this. I know what it feels like to be stuck. I know what it feels like to struggle with something. But I also know what it felt like to be honest. 
When I saw God's law and I saw God's way and I finally was like, Lord, I'm sorry that I've tried to be perfect. I'm sorry I've tried to put on this persona or this Superman-like mentality. Lord, I'm a wretched sinner. Yep. I know you dwell within me, but I'm Paul right now. My best day is filthy rags. Yep. I'm nothing. I'm nothing and I want to exalt your name. When I got to that point, I've never grown so much in my life. Yep. And have I reached the mark? No, but just as Paul says, I'm pressing towards it. And you can look in the Bible and look at examples of the, uh, you know, people of your in, in our own life. And, and there's things as, as humans that we think we're making progress, and whether that's in education. And I'm, I'm not not bashing education. I'm not at all. It's it's really good for those who are led in that direction. But yeah. when when you talk about Paul, Paul said, hey, I've got it. I've got the pedigree. I've got the, the, the Gamaliel yes. education. I've got this. Uh, yeah. the, the Nobody's more versed. Yeah. Uh, if anybody's got a right to brag, I've got a right to brag. But out of all of my pedigree and all the things, that, it's a big old steaming, steaming. pile of dung. Yeah. It's just, yep. hey, that's what he yeah. said. That's yeah, what he it's said. Useless. And, it's uh, useless. And see, here's a, and I've talked about this on the podcast. I'm in the midst of finishing my bachelor's in theology, and I completely agree with what you just said. Yep. All of that's great. Can I apply all that? Yeah, have I learned a lot? But here's the thing. It's done. It, it means nothing. nothing. It doesn't make me any better no. than any other man that stands in a pulpit just because I've went to so-and-so, or I've learned this, or I've learned this. The, some of the most faithful men I've ever seen are men that have never been, but they're just honest yep. about Honesty. who they are before yep. a holy God. And here's the thing. Now, we've talked about, you know, salvation is by faith, and we've talked about all these things, but here's here's the other issue. Every person, no matter where you go to church, no matter who you are, what denomination, whatever, if you are saved, you still have to admit and be honest that you're not perfect. Yep. You, no matter what you do, how many holies you pray, how many things you go do, how many seminars or confessions or this, you're not perfect. I'm telling you, and I think if people, just like before Alan got here, Josh was talking to me and Grant, if we could just be honest about the secrets in our lives. I'm talking about secrets. Now, I'm not telling you to go put on the newspaper everything you did wrong. Yeah. But here's the thing. Let's be honest before God. He already knows. Yeah. Let's be honest before God. And then secondly, if you need accountability, right. you need someone to pray with you, go seek that. Go find that, because when the Bible talks about bearing each other's burdens, the Bible means bearing each other's burdens. Well, that's what came up this morning in Sunday school's class. That's what they were talking about. They said that, you know, they said, we can go, we can go to God with this, but there's some times that we need to just be honest with our brothers around us and say, you know what, I'm struggling with this. And And there's one good thing about it, because when you're getting yoked up, when you're getting, the plow's getting deep, and when you understand that the fact that i am in a passionate pursuit of christ yep. here's how you can tell you're you're gaining ground things that didn't bother me now bother me yep the holy spirit's now bringing them to the surface oh, yes. boy, we talked about yeah and and, and he is illuminating them yeah. and now all of a sudden yeah i'm under conviction for them and the world i gotta work on them yes and it's not my it's, it's not my physical works that god's depending on you know, but it's it's that fact that you can't remain. You can't remain the same. Yes. You can't. No. That's you right. Can't. You gotta keep moving. And I couldn't stop it or fix it if I wanted to in my own ability. <laughs> but it's an understanding and awareness of how powerful God is. So I was telling Alan the other day, right? And some people don't understand this, they think it's pity and it's like this. 
Don't matter to me what you think. My convictions might be completely different than your all's. Yep. I was at a point in my life where I played video games. Nothing's wrong with them, right? Okay. But when they start becoming before God, we've got a problem. And I'm telling you, I was in a place where I was able to minister to kids. I had school. I had all these things. Okay, then I flunked out of business school because I wanted to play video games. (laughs) I wasn't taking my opportunity to go minister to high schoolers, right? So all of a sudden... One, my parents are fessed up because I'm like 21 and I'm sitting on a couch playing video games night and day. And then two, I started talking to some men and they were making comments about how such a thing could affect my relationship with Christ. And at first I was like, Psh, what do you know? Well, they knew a lot. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm in a church service and you know what happens? I, find I bet my, the Holy Spirit got a hold of your heart. I found myself on an altar <laughs> praying that God would forgive me for putting video games before him. Some people think that's so little, or they're like, what's the matter with you? But I told Alan this the other day. There have been times where I'll download a phone game. Do you know what happens after a day I've had it? I'm having to delete it because God says, I delivered you. You're not doing this. You know what happened? Do you remember? And I'm like, I do remember, Lord. He's like, none of it. Don't touch it. I get rid of them, and I don't want anything to do with them. But see, some people might hear that, and they're like, what's wrong with him? Like, why can he not handle it? No, I can't handle it. But this is the thing. When you are a devout follower of Christ, the littlest things start bothering you. Well, it could also, I mean, so in in, in a simplistic form, what you are doing is you're creating an idol for you. Absolutely. And that's what you are doing to the point to where, you know, well, the people will say, oh, well, this is not a big deal. You know, it's not causing nobody harm. It's not causing you no harm. You're not entering into sin. But what you made a point of is, but what it does do is it distracts us. Yes. We are not in the Word of God. We're not studying. We're not in prayer. We aren't doing anything to further the kingdom of it. So, therefore, we are sitting idle. And we know what we talks about with idle hands. Well, here we go. When, when, when we talk church lingo, and this is what I'm, I'm I, I kind of get hesitant about talking church lingo because hopefully somebody's listening to the podcast that's not familiar with sanctification and what that word means. So, or practical application. Right. God's word. And if you're listening to those words that we spit out and just become cliche-ish, this is a prime example of how the Holy Spirit is so good at what he does, at conforming us into the image of Christ, pulling us out from among the world, making us a peculiar people. Yes. All that's church language. That, it just hits us right. We all understand that language, don't we? It's yes. all scriptural. Yeah. yeah. So if we've heard it all our life, it, we become numb to it. But when you put it Apply it when you put shoes on it, yep. and put it into your life. Come on, it's the Holy Spirit telling Alan, "Hey, big boy, you're not spending enough time in my work." Come on, it's it's how he pulls me away from yes the world and makes me a, a peculiar yep. person. Well, that's what even Peter. I mean, I think I read this last week or the week before. And there's before. a huge dependence on my listening and being obedient to that yes right peter peter says second peter chapter one i think i read this last week that he talks about the certain qualities virtue self-control patience brotherly i mean he's talking about things that take place in sanctification things we should be practicing and things we should be applying and peter literally says if someone does not practice these things or put them to play in everyday life he says they become ineffective and unfruitful in their knowledge Mm -hmm. duh because if you're not pursuing Christ, how in the world are you going to be effective yep. for Christ or fruitful? And then he says, if you lack these, you're so nearsighted, you're blind. 
You've forgotten how you've been forgiven of your sins. Revelations, you've forgotten your first love. And that's what I'm sitting here saying. If we would just be honest with ourselves, and I, I just want to say something. When you get over into Romans 6, Paul says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue that grace may abound? God forbid. Alan made a statement early. He said, Just stop sinning. How about we stop using excuses? Yeah. And say, hey, well, everybody struggles. Everybody sins, Hunter. What do you mean? I get that. I get that. But if every time you come before God or every time you come to the Word of God and your excuses, well, everybody sins, then you're not being honest with yourself. I'm still in the flesh. How many times have we used that excuse right. to sin? And li- listen, <laughs> there's a difference between using it and admitting it. Yep. I'll admit it. I'm in my flesh. I still struggle. But I don't come before God and say, well, God, you know I'm not perfect. Man, I'm sorry, God, but you know, Lord, I sin. That's not an excuse before him. And this is this is where that good, distinct line in my brain, which is a scary place. I've, I've told you that many times. The, the line is drawn between work salvation and sanctification. Come on. Because when I start trying to justify myself or mm. make myself something that I'm not, as opposed to just being obedient to God, listening to his Holy Spirit and being obedient and not act like he's not talking to me. God, he's talking to somebody else. That, that, that individual inner part of me that knows God and knows God, God knows me. He knows my secret sins. He knows all about me. He knows when he's speaking to me. That's seeking and I know, perfection. I know right when there. I'm ignoring him, saying, "Oh exactly. no, you're talking to somebody else, God. That's not me." <laughs> but, la 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 la. But somebody I'm not listening. You know what I'm saying? I do that all the time. Like, no, 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 God, I don't, I'm going to talk to him. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. No, yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah. But somebody who does that, they justify their sins. They're seeking a, a perfection before God instead of just being obedient to the whole Word of God. Exactly. And that's why when you look at this Romans six, he says, "Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound?" God. Forbid. He's saying, listen, yeah, you are saved. Yes, there is forgiveness. But are you to continue and think to yourself, oh, I can do this. Oh, well, I can go out and sleep with Sally Sue and be fine because I'm covered by God's grace. Stop using God's word as an excuse and just be obedient. <laughs> yeah. What did Christ say in John 14? He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Let's just do that. Yeah. And that's why when I hear what we heard this morning, and then when we talk about honesty right now, that's what I believe that the Bible is calling us. Because what do we do, right? God reveals to us law, we're lost. That's honesty. What do we accept? Honesty. We're lost, Lord. Save me. Okay. Now you've been saved. You're going through process of sanctification. What is sanctification about? Being honest yep. and growing, not becoming unfruitful or ineffective. Or what the scriptures say, you simple ones. How long will you live in simplicity? Yep. People that don't want to become peculiar will stay in simplicity. That's exactly right. And even even the carnal world recognizes the the value in character, in, in trustworthiness, in uh, dependability. All these characteristics that are actual biblical uh, characteristics of salvation that they put a different spin on right. because they don't want to acknowledge God's righteousness and holiness. Even the even even the secular world recognizes the value that's in that. You don't want to put a person in a business and put them in charge of your business and in charge of your finances. That's not trustworthy, right? You know what I'm yeah, yeah. But yeah, oh, we can't, we can't, we can't get all holy and, and scriptural and talk about God and stuff. So they've they've separated it out and called it stuff like character, which is, I mean, it's, it's those are byproducts of, of of a salvation experience with God. That's what He does to you. Makes you He builds character in you. But it's even like the scripture, right? It says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and our infirmities. Here's the thing. 
Guys, before we're ever honest with God, he already knows. Yep. But here's the thing. What has God always looked for? Acknowledgement and obedience and faith towards him. Yep. And as Christians, listen, my friends, as Christians, just acknowledge God. Because here's the thing. He told us he'd send a helper. Did he not? Jesus said, I'm going to send a helper. And when you're in need, he's there for you. So if we'll acknowledge God and be obedient to him, guess what? We're not on our own. I know, we're, I know we're trying to get to our podcast, and we've got some uh, stuff to talk about. But let's go back to the garden. Yeah. And Adam and Eve hid themselves from yeah. God. Where are you? Did he not know where they were at? Yeah, he, knew. He, knew. he knew. He knew. And people might say, Why uh, did he ask? So let me add this. Acknowledgement. Why, why did he ask Adam? Where you Adam, where you at? Let me, let me say. Why are you hiding? I'm naked. Who told you? Who told you he's naked? <laughs> Go listen, listen. Let me, let but me. That, that, is, not, us. that is, that is us. That yeah. is what happens. You know, it's his. God's like, you know, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so okay. nothing. Let me yeah. add some scripture. Let, let me add some scripture real quick because some people might say, well, it, it don't say that. Well, let me, uh, okay, let me read something to you. This is Psalms 139. David said, Oh Lord, you've searched me and know me. You know when I shall sit down. You know when I will rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path. My lying down are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot contain it. Look here. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? There is no way. If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol and hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the most uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. So that's a verse to go along with what he knows. Now let's let's go back to this, this spiritual warfare that we're in the midst of. And we talked about being proactive and, and, and being submissive to the Holy Spirit and take that sex topic. And I, I, we've had large conversations in multiple different venues about how do we know when you've crossed that line from admiring a woman's beauty to, okay, now you're lusting. Well, it ain't my job to tell Hunter. It ain't Hunter's job to tell me. No. The Holy Spirit told <laughs> me long before I ever thought was. Mm. Thank the it's Lord. My, at my, it's my responsibility to listen to the Holy Spirit then. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's like when you, I mean, I'll share this about me. One time, and I think I've talked about this before, I made a joke before one of my other friends, Josh, Walton, and Grant. Made a joke, right? So we're sitting there, we're getting ready. We actually were going to play golf. So we're going to play golf. I made this joke. By the time we get in the parking lot, I'm in tears before them. And they're like, what's wrong with you? What the heck you doing? Yeah, he's like, what are you doing, dude? And I literally looked at him and I said, I shouldn't have said that, and I'm sorry, because that's not a good witness of Christ in front of you all. I was broken, but then you know what they did? They looked at me, and they said, we forgive you, brother, and we, I was like, okay. You know, I felt great. I felt relief. Why? Why would I apologize for something? That's not natural. That's not natural. That's did Grant have to tell me I said something? No. Nope. No. That's the work of the Holy Spirit of God. The little things, being sensitive, being honest. Yep. I mean, I think right now. Uh, Jake Evans, he's joined us on the podcast. He's doing the second part to this tonight at our church. But, you know, Jake made a comment. He said, talking about such things will bring in a reality for so many people that need help. Mm-hmm. Because, hey, we're a prideful people, are we not? No, yep. we are. The last thing someone's really going to do is ask for help. And, I mean, when you bring in an opportunity to go through God's Word in such a powerful way, 
I don't know about you four or you three. There's not four of us in here. You three, but I'll be one of the first ones. I, yeah, that's me. I, I need that. I need help. I need to hear this from God's word. Or as Josh said, and Jake told me this. Jake texted me this a few weeks ago. He texted me and he said, uh, he said I, something along the lines, it's a blessing to see a man that's not afraid to go to an altar. Dude, yep. who cares? I don't. Because when God tells you to come forth and pray about something or go home and pray about something or pray about something in your car, or I mean, it's just one of those things. God is calling you to be obedient. And that's what I love is because when you look at people that are not afraid to go pray, people that aren't afraid to be open. I mean, me, it's like three weeks ago, our pastor's kind of talking about accountability, right? And so here's something about me. I, you know, I'm a pretty private guy. I don't share a lot of my, you know, my news in a sense with a lot of people because I got trust issues. I've shared stuff with people before. The next thing I know, they're out telling the whole world. So I got some trust issues, and so the Lord was working on me because He's like, "Listen, you've got to have some accountability with some brothers in Christ here because it'll be good for you and it'll be good for them." So in the same service, Grant and I both are convicted for the same thing, and He thought of me and I thought of Him. You know what happened that night? We came together. No, the next morning we were together. And I said, hey, I want to talk to you about something. I said, I want to be, start being more accountable with you. And Grant's like, oh, cool. I was going to tell you the same thing. The Spirit bears witness. And that's what I'm saying. When you have an opportunity to be honest with God, but honest with your, your friends, your brothers, your sisters in Christ, you talk about growing. You talk about learning. Because here's the thing. What We talked about this last week. When you look in that mirror. Yeah. Just to, just be honest. That's me, Lord. I, you got me. This is me. Hey, we talked about it last week <laughs> on the podcast, and we recorded the podcast 30 minutes to an hour before Yes, our pastor wasn't in here. No. He didn't, unless, yeah, he's, got he, the room, unless well, he's got the room bug. He might. He may be listening right now. I yes, don't know. This is happening. <laughs> we think we have ladybugs, but they're mics. They're, uh, they're yeah, secrets. Yeah. And our pastor from the pulpit. Yep. It's like it was a continuation of the podcast. Absolutely. It's, it it was, was just one of those things where... Uh, it, beautiful. It's beautiful. A, it's a, it, 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 no explanation other than God had his hand in it. That's the only explanation you can have. And when uh, we do these things, man, we're hoping that somewhere out there there's a listener that's really struggling and they think, think there's no yes. resources. They yes. think there's no hope. They think they're the only person on the planet that has this issue. We want you to know... We love you, and we want you to know that there's hope. And it's not in a man. It's Come not on, a person. Come on, be honest. Just be honest and trust the living God, and, and we'll, we'll uh, lock arms and, and walk beside you and hopefully bring you to a place where that you can find the help that you need. And you can know a lot of things about the Bible, listener. You can know scriptures. You can know verses. You can know all these things. But here's the thing. You can know everything you need to know, but if you're not willing to have faith and be honest and confess before God... That knowledge is going to just remain knowledge. Yep. And you're just a hearer. You're not becoming a doer. And so, uh, Grant, Yo. you got anything, dude? Y'all pretty much covered it. Well, <laughs> not every time I went to speak. Alan would say the same thing, or Josh would say something. <laughs> We're not done. We're not done. Grant, uh, like I said, and I, I think too, like, what we're talking about today with the spiritual gift of faith, I'm glad that we have, and I told them this, and we're not trying to boast our pastor up at all. We're just glad that we have a man who has the gift of faith to be bold 
in a time where there's not a lot of people that are willing to be bold yep. and talk about sexual things and the honesty of how God views it. Because some people are scared or they're not true preachers and they only want to preach the good things about the Bible. Or they're convicted. And so I just, I, I'm just thankful. Um, and so let, let's, let's talk about this gift. I think we've got a little bit over 20 minutes. Um, what? 30 minutes? Oh, sweet. Yeah, we, and as Alan said it, we just want everybody to feel encouraged and that there is hope. And, you know, Grant kind of called us out last week talking about how we, you know, harp on people and stuff. But <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just, we're just kidding. We're messing around. He didn't mean it like that at all. Uh, but someone made a joke about it this week. Actually, Josh's wife. So that's why I had to bring it up. Uh, so, but let's look at this. Uh, this is First Corinthians twelve, verse nine, and it says, "To another faith by the same Spirit." Um, that was Hunter dropping his phone. Yeah, that, that's pretty deep right there. Um, so, I, I would like to. I think Grant's got a pretty good definition, um, and I, I have a little bit of one too. So, Grant, you want to read yours first? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, enables some people to have an extraordinary amount of faith that God uses to show us his power in ways that create joy and encouragement for others absolutely and then the one i have says um distinct from saving faith or persevering faith both of which all believers possess this gift is exercise and persistent prayer and endurance and intercession along with a strong trust in god in the 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 midst of difficult circumstances um and so when when i think about this we need to say this it's way that we're not talking about saving faith we're not talking about the persevering of, you know, how we're kept in Christ. That's that's faith in Christ. Now, when we look at the word faith, it does mean belief, believing in something, you know, faith, conviction of things. Not You, you get in all of that, right? But when we start talking about the gift of faith, um, I've got one example. I think Grant's got a couple, and I'm sure Josh and Alan, y'all might have some or think of some. When we think about faith, the first, first thing I want to say is, and I want to ask our listeners, I want to ask you a question. Is there anyone in your life that you can think of that has just always been faithful? They've been strong in a time of crisis, in a time of weakness or a bad circumstance. Can you think of someone that just stood up in the midst and was faithful and helped everybody? Um, I've got one example. The first thing that came to my mind was I thought of the 12 spies that were sent out for Israel. And you got Jonathan and Caleb, right? They all come back and 10 of the spies are like, we can't go in there. They're big. We, they're gonna. They're gonna get us. We can't go. And then I believe it's Jonathan and Caleb are like, no, the land's ours. Let's go in. They had faith. They kept the faith in the moment, and they stood out. Um, I think about some people in our church, and I, I want to mention them. You know, Pat Bess, Pat Riggs. Um, I think of Richard Derrick. You know, people that during hard times, or even last year during COVID, you know, everybody's a little confused. Some, but then we have these rock solid people that stand up and they're like, we're gonna trust the Lord. We're going to pray, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and we're going to keep... And they encourage everybody. And that's when you look at the definitions we talked about. These are people that, man, they know how to exercise the gift with prayer, intercession, or very difficult circumstances. Do you guys have any more biblical examples that you can think of? when he was accused of, you know, his... what his wife came upon Joseph and he fleed and then she cried rape and they got him thrown in prison. Yes. But the reason that he withstood her was because of God. He's yes. like, you know, he's not only is my boss, which is your husband, but before God, I'm not going to do this across this line. What's the matter with you, Mrs. Potiphar? Yeah. 
yeah. Well, we think about. But we, I mean, that, that's a definite one that pops to my head. Absolutely. Yeah. Grant, you had a couple. Yeah, I have uh, Joshua at Jericho, and uh, Joshua's obedience in marching around. Jericho showed his men what bold faith looked like in turn, putting God's faithfulness, power, and protection on display for his people and their enemies. Absolutely. Didn't Is that your only one? I had no in the art. Oh, we know, yeah, yeah, he called him and everybody was like, don't listen to him. And I was like, I'm preaching for 120 years. We're going. So the the only definition that I would have is what I could put into my own head. It's, and it's not it's not a belief. It's Alan terminology. This is Appalachian dialect. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a belief, but it's a confidence in a heavenly mystery. Things that you really can't explain. You don't have de- details. No, Confidence. Hunter's mouth, Hunter's mouth's open. Confidence. <laughs> I think that's a good, that's a good, I don't think you said that word, nor did I. It's, it's the, a, it's the a confidence. confidence. Yeah, it's, that's it's good. Not a, it's not a belief. That's an easy way to put it's it. it. It's confident. I, I can, I can have confidence in a heavenly mystery that I can't explain. I don't, I don't have to have the details. I have confidence in it. Right. Well, and it's like Grant, where I have an, we were having a conversation about the spiritual gift of faith, and we were talking about, you know, is this a gift that some people start out with, or is this something that's achieved after experience in a lifetime? And we were talking about that, and I kind of said this phrase. I said, I think it's both. Because, listen, I know people my age. Listen, I have a low view of myself when it comes to Scripture, because when you look at God's holiness, I'm nothing, right? But I do know people in my life that are my age that, man— you want to go knock door to door? You want to go do talk about the Lord? You want to go over here? You want to go do this? For They're the first ones to say, absolutely take me. Yeah. right? Now, here's the thing. I'm a pretty outgoing guy, but one of the gifts that, man, I really, 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 like the Lord's given me opportunities to help others and to remain, to have confidence that the Lord will deliver. But there's a lot of times that I've been on the opposite side. I've been looking at someone who's inspiring me and encouraging me to look at such confidence. And I think that's mostly because I'm a young guy. And I mean, the Bible talks about respecting your elders, but, you know, being an elder is having wisdom. When you go through Proverbs, you know, Solomon wasn't, he did have the gift of wisdom, but thinking about Solomon in the last years of his life, writing all those things, he experienced a lot. So I think when we look at, People, right? I think there are people of different ages. I mean, Grant and I were talking about earlier, you know, when you look at what happened at the combine, right? Guy walked in the classroom. He said, who in here is a believer of Jesus? And that little girl, she stood up and she said, I am. And she was she died that day. She was confident in her Lord and Savior yep. to stand. And that's what I think about. Uh, Stephen, right? They're wanting to stone him. Yep. And he, he's just preaching, dude. All he's doing is calling them out for their sins and telling them to repent. And I think it's a confidence. But here's the thing. I do believe firmly the spiritual gifts, it says that they are given out as he seems fit, right? So God gives them out as he sees fit. And I definitely think some people have this confidence a lot stronger than others. But it's not that they get the confidence for nothing. Usually their confidence is encouraging someone else. And it's like this, and I hope he listens to this. Josh Walden's a peer of mine. I mean, we're the same age. But I told Grant, I said, that's a guy right there that... He has that confidence when he goes and witnesses with people. And when I see him go out, it encourages me to come along and say, you know what? We do have this. We do, right? And so when I look at this gift, I think it is something that some people are getting. But when you look at the experience of a lifetime, do we not grow stronger in our faith? Are we not able to stand out? I mean, when I look at some of the elderly people in our church, you want somebody to pray for you? Like Jar. Let's talk about Jar. I miss that guy. Yeah. Jar was a great example of a man whose confidence was in the Lord. Yep. But 
did Jar have a gift of faith? That's between him and the Lord. I believe so. But did Jar become a beacon of light through his life and the experiences he lived so he could pour into us and be an example? Absolutely. To a lot of people. To a yes. lot of people. Myself included. Yes. And that's where, when you look at this, that's what I love, is someone who definitely has the gift of faith, the spiritual gift of faith, that is someone that is going to have an opportunity to help and impact others. Because I, I don't know, listen, not everybody's at the same level. You got people that are weak in faith. You've got people that are strong in faith. You have people who have this gift. You have people who don't have this gift. But when you have somebody that has the gift of faith, they are an example. I mean, Paul. A lot of pastors read and learn about Paul because he is an example of someone who had confidence. He's beaten, he's shipwrecked, everything. But his confidence remained in the Lord. He had the gift. My personal opinion, I think Paul had every calling and every gift. Now, I mean, did he? I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah, I mean, he just seemed like, you You don't want to know what this looks like? Go read about Paul over here. I mean, he was just a beacon of light. I mean, he was. He showed us everything. But Paul is someone that I look up to in the ministry field because his confidence. Yep. And that's in the Word of God. Now, as I mentioned, has there been times where I've been able to stand up? Absolutely. But here's the thing. I would have never been able to stand up if the Lord hadn't given me that confidence. Exactly. And you go back to Paul and his all his... the things that he experienced in life and all of the education that he had. And he says, I will boasting nothing but yep. Amen. Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Amen. And you look at this first thing that we talked about, um, persistent in prayer. That, that's pretty key right there. Because when you have someone that believes in prayer so strongly that they are persistent, I'm talking about, listen, someone that when you go to them and say, hey, will you pray with me or pray for me? You know they are. They're bringing their petitions and yours before the Lord. That's a huge sign. You get somebody that will pray for you and be persistent in it, that will be, that's a good friend. That's a good brother, elder, role model in Christ. Uh, endurance and intercession. Oh, intercession, praying for others, endurance, pay, longing. You get somebody and say, hey, will you come pray for my brother or my sister or my cousin or this or this? And they're like, yes. And then a year goes by and they come up and they're like, how are they doing? I'm still praying for them. That is a gift of faith. I mean, literally, or difficult circumstances. Now, Alan, um, you've been here for how long? I don't know. A long 90, time. 92. When you had a mullet, so it had to yeah, be in the 90s. I did. It was, it was, so it's been a long I time. Was, I, was rocking, <laughs> I was rocking the mullet when I did. So, Alan, let me ask you a question. This church has been through ups and downs. Yep. Were there ever people that just stood out and were rock hard, solid oh, in their yeah. faith? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, We've already talked about James Arthur Ramsey, who is uh, he's gone to be with the Lord. Yeah, uh, had a huge impact on my life. Uh, when I first came, uh, me and my wife were the only young couple in the church, and as a matter of fact, the youth class was me and my wife and the teacher, and that's we made up that class. And, and when we would, I'm serious. I'm sorry, but that's, that's, the, that's the truth. That's, that's the truth. We would, that's awesome. Though. I was, I, mean, I was, I was 21 ish. And she was, right? you know, but that we, we were the class. And, uh, that's more like some marriage counseling. <laughs> it was, it was awkward on you Sunday because literally the teacher, <laughs> listen, the teacher would sit down beside Michelle and I would teach the class. <laughs> but, uh, I had no years. idea. I had no idea at the time that James Arthur Dwarf Lord were the only two deacons here. Yeah. And I had, had no idea. Me and Michelle had just joined. I just joined. She, My wife was raised in this church from an infant. So she's, this is the only church she's ever been a part of. 
So she's been in this church her entire life. But uh, when, I, when, I, when I joined and, and started getting active, and I've, I've always been active in church, but when I started getting active in this church, uh, didn't realize they were looking at me as a candidate for a deacon. Mm-hmm. And uh, Orville Orr, I don't know if, if any of you guys are familiar with him, but he's, he, he, he's a, a godly man that uh, I have a lot of respect for. That uh, one of those uh, big, just old-fashioned, gruff, tell you he love you and sounds like he's biting your head off. Men of renown. Oh, yes. He's one of those guys. <laughs> but uh, uh, really had an impact on my life. Absolutely. I, I really miss those two guys. That's awesome. Grant. Yeah. Anybody in your life that, man, just like you remember that stuck out with their faith? Oh, yeah. Uh, Pastor Noah, which was actually my stepdad, uh, you know, we talked about it the other day, but she's only been my stepdad for about four years, but I've known him before then. Every, every time that you go, he tells stories to his life or why he's preaching or whatever, no matter what, it was always consistent, uh, with, I'm not going to spill off his, you know, stuff in his life, uh, but, uh, when trials or places in the valleys or the mountaintops, whatever, it was always about Christ. Christ did this, Christ did that. And even, uh, you know, living in his household, no matter what I go through, I bring to the table, it's not him, well, it depends on what it is, uh, him really cooling me, or, you need to do this, you need to do that. It's This is what the Bible says. This is how it happened to me. This is how I overcame it, or whatever. And it's just stuff like that. So, Yeah, his his consistency with ministry. I mean, how long has he been? Three years now? At the church he's at now? Yeah, in Greenback. Yeah. Three, three Some, years. Something, something like, like that. that. That's what I think, too. I've, I've known Noah most of my life. Actually, when I was when I was like 12, 13, he actually was like, he wasn't like the official youth pastor, but like he was. And ever since I've known him, man, he's just, he's been a rock, dude. I mean, literally like, he, he would, <laughs> when you hear the term fight hell with a water pistol, he literally would. I, I mean, Literally, because of that, that's just how much he depends on the Lord. Uh, Josh, you got anybody that you think about that's just solid as a rock and has always encouraged you? It'd probably be uh, Brother Wayne Hopkins. And, uh, he was a neighbor of mine, and um, that was long before I was saved. But hey, always, he never had a bad, bad day. <laughs> I mean, he really did. Mr. Rogers, he had that kind of motive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'd have his truck in pieces, you know, his roof would be blowing off in the wind, and he'd be praising the Lord. And I'm like, you know, buddy, are you okay? But like, the, he truly did, though. He witnessed to me all the time. Yeah. And uh, it, like I said, he, he started long before, and through the relationship that I had with him, continually just led me yeah. to, to the cross. Yeah. And to push in towards it. And like I says, and I just looked up to him because like I says, he always focused on, on Christ and his faith. Yeah. I mean, there was never a moment that I, I doubted or anybody that knew him doubted where he stood as far as where his faith lied. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say for myself, um, probably my dad, but he is a huge one, but I, I'll say this, um, cause I talk about it a lot, but my grandfather, uh, Pastor Ronnie, he was here a few years ago. He's been, he's pastored five churches in his life. That's rare. But that man right there, through thick and thin, he has always been a beacon of faith to me. Even like a few years ago when he almost died, you know, the family, 
I didn't even know about it. It happened so quick. But when the family found out that he almost died, and then he came through, and then a month later he's back in the pulpit preaching, talking about how his faith was tried and these things were tried, but yet he persevered. And to see him come out of that and still to be even stronger, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He He's always stood out to me and been a great example. And uh, I can think of, I'll say this, I can think of many men currently in this church that I look up to that just set a good example and men in other churches. Um, but I'll say this too, and a lot of women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of women. Yeah. That I mean, you need something prayed for. You want to look at consistency and attendance and consistency in prayer. I'm telling you, we've got some ladies here that if I had to have a prayer battle, right, and I needed prayer and I needed some powerful prayers, I'm going to them, dude. Because yeah. not in day. They're, they're bringing it before the Lord. I'll give a shout out to what we're talking about icons. Uh, these ladies are all in heaven now, but I'll tell you what, uh, Miss Gussie Powell, Miss City of Hicks, uh, some of those ladies that uh, we had that, uh, they call it the Blue Heart section, that would just absolutely pray heaven down and every pastor that which i never preached but uh, you could hear men that were in the pulpit refer to these ladies and they would be praying for you and not just that but their interaction with you as an individual and you understood just like you're talking about always in a good yeah always having a good day always praying always encouraging always that person that you can tell had to have that monumental faith they're optimistic because you know optimistic they literally you know, you know there's li- and pains. anything you know you know when they when the, in the elder years that the, the the physical uh health starts to diminish and you go see them in the hospital oh, i'm blessed yep. you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know what i'm saying when there's there's people that i work with you don't want to ask that how you doing right. don't ask that question <laughs> Don't ask that question because they'll, right. they'll, they'll tell you, oh, oh, I ain't doing worth a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go into all the ailments and pains yes. that they've got. Th- these ladies uh, w- would absolutely just be those uh, blessings that are always an encourager and always that smiling face. Okay. They're, and the other thing, too, is like they're blessings, but also they're reminders because my Aunt Judy Bledsoe, dude. You talk to her about something, and she always says something like, well, the Lord's got this. The Lord's going to deliver. The Lord, He's there with us. Yeah. We got this. Jesus, I mean, literally, when I was going through a time where the Lord was calling me into ministry and calling me to preach, I'll never forget one night, I was so convicted about it and so overwhelmed that I went and prayed, uh, and she was in that group of people. And I, dude, I'm telling you, when, when I hugged her, and she was like, the Lord has been with you. The Lord, Jar did the same thing. And I just thought, dude, what a reminder of the Lord we serve by their faith. And I'm t- monumental faith, yep. monumental confidence. Grant, you got anything else? <laughs> We're so happy. Like to say, Alan said it. Grant's going to start pulling his weight around here. We got to start doing it. No, I'm kidding. He, he, dog. <laughs> he does a lot behind the scenes, but uh, we're going to start dragging him to the front. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> man, we're just we're just thankful for the podcast and just all the resources and people that want to help and guys that will come on here. Uh, we're, we're hoping to have uh, Pastor Jeff come join us. He's one of our pastors here and talk about exhortation. You want to be encouraged, go, go talk to Jeff French. Yeah. That man right there has got it. 
Um, but also, you know, we, we've got, uh, and I'll say this too, we got another guy, he does sound for churches. I mean, that's one of his businesses. His name's Mark, and uh, he's going to help us with some of the technical and the sound. And, all. and I, I mean, it's just a blessing, and so we hope this touches you all. Because um, I know this, I'm encouraged when I leave this room every week. I'm encouraged and I'm challenged and I'm thankful. And I'll say this. Jess, her mom, Becky Malone is her name. Thank you. Miss Becky. I've, I've been meaning for two weeks now to give her a shout out. Go ahead. Over. She, uh, well, Alan just said it. Um, Jess is going to marry Joe, Alan's son. I almost said Alan's daughter, Joe, but that wouldn't have worked out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, her mother has been somebody told her about the podcast and apparently she's been listening to it all the time and, what up, Ms. Beggy? and she enjoyed it so we just want to say shout out uh last week we got to do a shout out for josh's brother jared i know him and his family listen a lot and uh we talked about someone else and so uh we're, we're gonna try our best to get some shout outs because we know some of you all support this and you listen and you learn from this just as much as we do and so uh we're thankful so, I mean, without listeners, we'd just be four guys talking to each other, and that's fine. That's fine with me. I mean, I, I'm blessed by it. But we have to record it. Huh? That'd be a little weird, it wouldn't it? It would be weird, wouldn't it? We'll just take it home on a thumb drive. <laughs> so, but, uh, guys, that, that's this week. Um, guys, do y'all have anything else? Let's set a challenge. A challenge? If you are a daily listener, share this with two people in your common uh, daily, whatever you want to call it. Who you encounter? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, if you listen to this weekly, Grant has now, and this is this is Grant's challenge. Grant's challenge, you share it with two people and, and show them the podcast. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Someone last week was asking about the the segments we did on marriage because they were wanting to listen to them. A husband and a wife was. And they were studying that stuff out and just wanting to hear some more and hear some more explanation of, of complementarianism and all these things. And I was just like, it's like episode 12 number 10, something like that. I was like, go check it out, you know? And so that's just an encouragement. So, uh, but guys, we love you all. Anybody, anything else? God bless. God bless. Listen, Deuces. Grant gave you a challenge. You better Throw hold to up. it. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Yeah.